All right, babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath, and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey, sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth, please, so I can give you a serving. Ah. Uh... Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. Doctor said you got PCOS, now go on girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian and helped my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. How do we, we've never asked the sisters how do you like our intro, intro the new intro to the podcast if who oh my gosh I can't believe we haven't asked I mean we've been talking about it on Instagram it's just that the podcast you know it plays week to week so we don't get to just like hear people's direct uh responses responses to it. responses to it but if for those that don't know the podcast has a new intro with our friend keese and david mm-hmm. who made the song for us it's uh, not me singing sister i know a lot of people thought <laughs> at first it was talian singing wow that would be fun if it was yeah it would be but <laughs> talian and i basically we sat down we made the lyrics we have two really Sia wrote the lyrics don't yeah. give me credit i was trying to give you some credit you too, wrote but the lyrics i did write the lyrics you really did i'll take the credit <laughs> thank you um but basically we wrote the lyrics and then we sent it over to our two close friends david and keese they're actually keese is a singer beautiful singer she Mm -hmm. focuses on a lot of like armenian singing and things like that yeah and then my friend david as well he is a producer they happen to be a couple together so we sent them the lyrics and they were able to make the song for us and now it's basically the the new intro to the podcast and we're also you know planning on making the song available on instagram and tiktok so Mm -hmm. that everyone could basically go ahead and make songs with it yeah and reels so with it fun i'm so glad we did this yeah maybe we a, can extend it in the future and make like a one minute song like a legit like one two minute song you know yeah yeah like a real like a chorus everything together that, that all comes together <laughs> but uh with that being said today we're going to be talking all about pcos and hyperthyroidism mm-hmm. a very common topic in the community and we actually, you know, actually, right before we get into hyperthyroidism, let's take in a question. Let's change things up a little bit. Okay. Let's take in a question from the PCOS hotline. So for those that don't know, we have a hotline that you can call into or leave a text message. The phone number is one eight three three ask pcos ask pcos And question came in from, I won't read her last name, but her name is Mary. And she says, hi. My name is Mary, and I was just diagnosed with PCOS at age 19. With being in college, do you have any tips on eating gluten and dairy-free when going out to a restaurant? Thanks so much. Great question. Uh, One quick thing. With college, we have an episode on how to manage PCOS in college. So if if you are in college, newly diagnosed, or maybe you're planning on going to college, great episode to go and listen to. 
But babe, what are your go-to tips when you're gonna go out to eat to a restaurant and you're gluten and dairy free? Honestly, such a good question. I know so many sisters struggle with this at first when they transition to gluten and dairy free. You know, not everyone cooks at home. Sometimes you want to eat out. And with this, I would say that you don't have to go necessarily to a restaurant that has a gluten and dairy free menu specific to your diet. You can modify a lot of the meals on the menu very easily, actually. You know, you can order a salad and you can ask them not to put cheese on it. Mm -hmm. You can ask them, you know, is there flour in this soup you can ask them to make a lettuce wrap out of a burger you can transition anything don't be scared to to ask the waitress or waiter to modify the meal for yourself and that's my first tip when it comes to eating out my next tip is that when you eat out you might not be eating what you want like if you want pasta and they don't have gluten-free pasta there's not much you can do about it. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to accept that you're not going to be able to eat everything on the menu. Yeah. But that being said, you can go home. You can make your own pasta. You can mm -hmm. make something that you saw on the menu that you want to try in a gluten and dairy free version of. Mm -hmm. And you can make it yourself. And I find that eating out actually inspires me to cook better, cook different things and make gluten and dairy free twists on meals that maybe I wouldn't have thought of making myself. You yeah. know, I look at the menu and I'm like, what, you know, I like this. It's not gluten free. I'll go make it myself. Yeah. Great tips. And also like doing a little bit of just a quick research before you go to the restaurant. Like if you're going with your friends, maybe go on Yelp, take a look at the menu, see what you can already find that's gluten and dairy free. So when you're there, you don't feel all this pressure on yourself to make a decision real fast. Or even you can even always talk to the waitress or waiter like when, you know, when um, they leave the table, you can just get up from the table, act like you're going to the bathroom or something, and just go and talk to the waiter yeah. or waitress and ask them about the food, if there's a gluten dairy free options, like if you're, you know, if you feel embarrassed to ask in front of your friends, things like that. That's you can true. always talk to them privately. And yeah, I mean, Sirak chooses our restaurants. So I feel like you are... I don't are... choose our restaurants. Like, uh, that's well, like a... I'm putting my foot down no, to choose. I mean, you know those memes where, like, the guy asks the girl, what do you want to eat? And she's like, I don't know. What do you want to eat? And they go back and forth. And the guy <laughs> has to make the decision. I mean, that's our lives. So basically, you have to, like, make the final... <laughs> well, for me, for me, it's like oh. going to a restaurant is like an experience. Yeah. So, like, when I pick a restaurant, I'm not, like, just looking at what do we feel like eating, but I'm looking at the vibe. I'm looking, is it going to be a nice place to eat at? Is it going to be a relaxing environment? Mm -hmm. Of course, with COVID, it feels like all that all that is out the door yeah. because you can you can either dine out or you take it home with you. So yeah, obviously, which is another thing like taking it home with you. It's yeah. better than cooking. Sometimes, like you just want to change things up. Yeah, this yeah. question is um, still relevant even Absolutely. if you're not eating out. Absolutely. Literally. Yeah, and we give a lot of tips like this in the sisterhood as well, where we talk about how to learn to eat gluten free when you're going out to mm -hmm. restaurants, including how to you know, learn to eat dairy-free and things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we hope that helps. And with that, let's now go to the main topic of today's episode. Yes. Hypothyroidism. This is pretty common in PCOS. This is actually the fourth type of PCOS that we, we mention um, in the sisterhood. We talk about different types and what you can do to treat it. And, you know, towards the... And we're going to talk about the gluten, going gluten-free and how that helps with hypothyroidism. But yeah. first, what is your thyroid? This is a butterfly-shaped gland. Okay, everyone, take your hand and go to the lower part of the front of your neck that, and 
babe <laughs> there you go lower part the front of your me. neck <laughs> and this is where your thyroid is it's a butterfly shaped gland and it impacts virtually every i don't feel it or you don't feel of course you don't feel it you're not gonna feel it it's oh. just there why are you telling me to touch it then? because i just <laughs> <laughs> each cell in your body has a receptor site for thyroid hormones Meaning the thyroid hormones have an influence on the function of all your tissues and organs. It affects everything from digestion, mental health, metabolism, mm -hmm. reproduction, menstruation. So it really affects PCOS, this metabolic dysfunction happening. Like it can be affected by hypothyroidism. Yeah. yeah. And because of the hormonal makeup, women are five to eight times more likely than men to develop a thyroid disorder. Now imagine with PCOS, it's mm -hmm. a it's the most common endocrine disorder in the world. So, yeah, a lot of times, uh, uh, hypothyroidism and PCOS go hand in hand. That's right. So I mean, if you're not sure if you have thyroid issues, and if you know, we're going to talk about how it gets misdiagnosed. But before we get into that, let's talk about the symptoms. Mm -hmm. What are some of the symptoms, babe? So some of the symptoms include unexplained weight gain, serious fatigue, depression mood issues, aches and pains, chronic colds, like feeling really cold, hair loss, cold hands and feet, dry skin, irregular periods, and PMS. So right away, we're seeing the direct results of the um, hypothyroid of the hypothyroidism that we talked mm -hmm. about. You know, we talked about how it impacts the or the thyroid affects everything from digestion to mental health mm -hmm. to metabolism to reproduction, menstruation. So again, this, all the symptoms I just named are all a result of those things yeah so with that being said it's often misdiagnosed mm -hmm. sometimes doctors only test tsh and t4 these are standard thyroid hormones to check but if they fail to provide a complete picture of what's happening with your thyroid you need a full thyroid panel tsh t4 t3 free t4 and t3 reverse t3 TPO, TGAB, like all of these things need to be checked to really understand what's happening with your thyroid. Mm -hmm. And when you look at normal lab ranges, quote unquote normal, versus functional lab ranges, there is a difference. So these normal conventional lab ranges, these are different than functional because Functional assess the risk of a disease before it develops and conventional ranges are used to diagnose the disease after it develops. And we have actually a list of the functional ranges for thyroid hormones that mm -hmm. we're going to include in the description of this podcast. Yes. So that you can take a look at your lab work. And you can assess it and maybe work with a naturopathic doctor or a functional uh, medicine specialist, somebody who can really use these functional ranges to assess and evaluate your thyroid's health mm -hmm. instead of kind of glossing over it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we'll put that in the podcast description. I mean, I love to just read this out loud right now, but I would sound the like numbers. A, no, yeah, I would point. sound like an alien because I would just be saying like uh, letters and and, you know, milliliters and this and that. But yeah, go to the podcast description <laughs> and you'll be able to. Exactly. You know, copy and paste that into your notes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, have it ready for your doctor. Yeah. So what causes hypothyroidism? What causes it? Yeah. Why is this happening in the first place? So oftentimes, 
Hashimoto's thyroiditis is an autoimmune disease that can occur. And this is where your body overstimulates and attacks your thyroid, making your thyroid weaker, causing hypothyroidism. So if mm-hmm. this is happening, you really want to get your lab work done and discover if you're having an autoimmune disease or you're mm-hmm. just having, you know, your thyroid is not um, working properly and it's just hypo. Yeah. You know, and, there's a difference. One's yes. more extreme. And we'll talk about this later, but there's a lot of research showing that Hashimoto's thyroiditis and gluten dairy free can be very uh, beneficial to help with the, with the thyroiditis. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what's the next cause, babe? Uh, next one is um, estrogen dominance prevents the thyroid hormone from getting into its receptors. Yeah. It's the estrogen is literally blocking the thyroid hormone from getting into the receptors. And then you have symptoms of hypothyroidism. Wow. And many women with PCOS have estrogen dominance. Yeah, yeah. So then we might have thyroid problems. So it's really good to have this full thyroid panel, get your estrogen checked, like mm-hmm. see what's happening, what's causing what. Absolutely. And the next one is stress. So excess cortisol down regulates your thyroid. Why is that, babe? Well, I mean, excess cortisol can make your thyroid stop working as well. Mm-hmm. Stop... Um, you know, and then that will affect your metabolism and that will cause more weight gain. And it, they work hand in hand. All I mean, of these It's basically hormones. putting extra stress on your thyroid. Exactly. I mean, the thyroid is the, is the little small thing in your throat or under your throat, like Tanya was talking about in the beginning. You're putting a lot of stress on it. Now it's not going to be able to work as efficiently. Imagine like your brain, when you're really stressed out about some, something, your brain doesn't think clearly. Mm-hmm. So similarly with your thyroid. Yeah. Uh, next one is endocrine disruptors damage the thyroid and cause estrogen dominance, which blocks thyroid receptor function. Right. So like I said earlier, or like you said earlier, that estrogen is blocking the thyroid receptors. When you have a lot of endocrine disruptors, you know, from your environment, from the soap you're using, from the toxins in your environment, they are also causing estrogen dominance which can be causing, you know, hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. It just has this chain effect. And it's good to be aware of this so that when you're choosing products and the way you're, you know, managing your stress, you know that the chain of impact it can have, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And then next cause is chronic dieting slash low-fat foods. So chronic dieting or low-fat foods make your brain think that you're in starvation mode and sends signals to your thyroid to slow down, which slows down your metabolism. Mm-hmm. It's a great point. So when you're cutting calories, when you're basically restricting restricting the amount of food that your body absorbs, we talked about this in the past, but basically your body goes into starvation mode. It's what our ancestors used. It was their body's instinct. When there's not enough food, when there's not enough uh, food to eat, basically the body realizes that because it's not getting any food. So it slows down the metabolism, basically basically thinks that it's under attack yeah so um similarly with your thyroid when you're not eating your thyroid is what is going to control that metabolism and slow it down yeah and notice how the thyroid affects your metabolism like if it's hypo your metabolism is slower right Mm -hmm. and notice how all of these things that we talk about for pcos somehow link to weight gain You know what I'm saying? Like endocrine uh, disruptors, stress, estrogen. Like we talk about this and look at how it links to the thyroid, which leads to weight gain. Like it's very interesting to see um, the pathways of our like metabolism. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the next one's really juicy. <laughs> really, this one. I've been reading them all. Okay. Birth control hijacks your thyroid and depletes some of the vital thyroid nutrients like selenium and zinc. Mm-hmm. And many women on birth control are also on thyroid medication like Synthroid. I mean, raise your hands wherever you are if you're <laughs> on Synthroid or if you're having thyroid problems because it might be because of birth control. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't remember a doctor telling me anything about possible side effects of birth control when i was handed birth control like I know. no I know. one was like well be careful like if you're feeling this way or that way and having these symptoms you know it could be the birth control it could be your thyroid yeah. no one said that and maybe i would have like silently suffered like so many women are doing and we'll get into that absolutely yeah i mean not to mention i'm not to get into the whole birth control thing uh-huh. but like birth control was never invented or was never meant to ba- basically balance women's hormones. That was never the intention. Yeah. That became later on. Like when birth control was first invented, it was literally invented as a contraceptive to prevent birth, to prevent women from getting pregnant. That was the main reason. And then in the 1970s and the 1980s, when pharmaceutical companies were allowed to start marketing even more on television and, do, and doing a lot more advertising, they were able to basically strategize birth control into a hormone balancing drug. But it has no, it, they never had any intention of doing that when they first invented birth control. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really important to think about that when you're thinking about balancing your hormones. Taking this, taking birth control, like, is it going to balance hormones? Just think about why was birth control even invented? So yeah. just a little bit of a history lesson there. That's really interesting. And then the next one? The next cause could be the, the lacking. Oh, lacking iodine. Yeah. So iodine is essential for making thyroid hormones. If you don't have iodine, you literally mm-hmm. don't have thyroid hormones. This is super important. So depending on where you live, you know, if you're lacking iodine in your diet, yeah. you know, that could have a huge impact you on know, your thyroid. I, I forget the time period of when this was, but like in the I, 1950s, I think when they were scared of uh, like a nuclear war happening, uh-huh. they basically started to put iodine into salt. That's why... That's so Until crazy. Until today, you know that salt? Yeah. That very famous... Iodized salt. I, it says iodized salt. Well, salt doesn't have iodine to start with. It's like it's not in there. They added that to salt because many people in America had low levels of iodine. Mm-hmm. So in order to improve the levels of iodine, they basically added that to salt. And I, I forget the reason. I, f- I think iodine... Um, I don't know if they did it to help with people's thyroid or they did it because iodine helps with radiation, if I'm not mistaken. Because uh-huh. it was during the times of the nuclear, uh, like the people were scared that there might be a nuclear war happening. So it's a that's little bit of... so interesting. Yeah, that's why because salt, to this day, they have that iodine, iodized, iodized salt. Iodized yeah. salt is all because of that, because people used to be low in iodine. That's so interesting because iodine is found in foods like fish and strawberries, like general yeah. foods. So yeah. it's like, do we really need iodized salt? I'm not I sure. Know. I don't know. I don't know, but fun fact. Maybe my, back then people didn't eat those things as much. Yeah. Fun fact, my great grandma had a goiter. <laughs> What's a goiter? It's when um, you don't have, th- you don't eat iodine or you're, you have such hypothyroidism, like low thyroid hormones that uh-huh. it swells up and you develop this big goiter here. And you have to have it like surgically removed. Wow. Is this a fun fact to you? Oh, no. But it's just while I was writing this, I was like, wow, this like runs in my family. I wonder why this happened to her. But, you know. Next time, just a fact. <laughs> say, little fact okay, for you. Okay, not fun. <laughs> fun fact for everybody. 
Okay. <laughs> Alrighty then. How does hypothyroidism affect our periods and PCOS? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's link this back to the PCOS lifestyle. Yeah. So all of this disrupts ovulation, reducing um, progesterone and making it harder for us to ovulate, get pregnant, have regular periods. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. There you have it. That's that, you know, end result of hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. Um, it diminishes the body's sensitivity to insulin. Oh, yeah. So then that's associated with PCOS and making, you know, PCOS worse. And it diminishes the body's ability to metabolize estrogen and raises estrogen levels, leading, leading to heavier periods and more hypothyroidism because mm-hmm. the estrogen blocks the thyroid receptor. So, yeah. I mean, it could be a whole mess for PCOS. Yeah, and these are all like the big three things that really imp- that really impact women with PCOS: mm-hmm. ovulation, yes, insulin periods. resistance. Uh-huh. You know, what? Periods, insulin yeah. resistance. Uh, I don't know why when you said periods, I thought I heard you say idiot to me, right? Now. What? <laughs> I don't know why the way the word period came out as I was talking, I just heard idiot. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> that's why I was like, what? Like, anyway, okay, so. Uh, yeah, like ovulation, periods, insulin resistance. These are like estrogen th- dominance. Estrogen dominance. These are all like very um, big important topics with PCOS. Like insulin resistance impacts 70, 70 to 80% of women with PCOS. Yeah. So many women with PCOS have irregular periods. They have irregular levels of estrogen. So mm-hmm. hyperthyroidism impacting all those really important things right there. So you might be asking yourself, like, what if I'm struggling with all of these symptoms? And it sounds like I might have a little bit of hypothyroidism, but I'm not Mm -hmm. diagnosed. Well, there's something called subclinical hypothyroidism. So this is millions of women like walking around the planet with subclinical hypothyroidism. And Nicole Jardim in her book, Six Weeks to Reverse, um, Six Weeks to Fix Your Period, Mm -hmm. she says she calls it hypothyroidism light. A milder version of the full-blown hypothyroidism. So you could be a little bit hypothyroid. Yeah, I like that light. So, yeah, yeah. I mean... Because it's it's a spectrum. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, it's not like... Everything's a spectrum, right? Including PCOS. That's what when they say a syndrome. Syndrome means it's a spectrum. So not everybody has... All the the symptoms. Yeah. yeah, Or the same severity. You know, everybody... Some people can have it lighter. Some people can have it more. So yeah, like there can be a quote-unquote light version of hypothyroidism yeah and i mean your tsh could be a little bit high and the t4 and t3 are normal and then your doctor just sends you on your way even though you don't feel good and you say you're not fine yeah they're like oh well you know the lab work says you're fine so you don't have thyroid problems yeah i mean that's not a full thyroid panel and and that's not looking at functional ranges again take that lab work and go to a doctor who will look at the functional ranges to really see if you have hypothyroidism light Mm -hmm. okay subclinical hypothyroidism thyroidism yeah and again those those lab levels are will be in the podcast description so you can check Mm -hmm. out those tsh t4 t3 levels down there exactly i mean this is called medical gaslighting and i've learned a lot about it from dr jolene brighton Mm -hmm. when doctors dismiss you and tell you that you're fine because your lab work looks normal and then like you're walking around desperately like trying to figure out what why you're having all of these symptoms absolutely like they act like the body isn't complicated like they act like just one number from one blood work from one day yeah. is enough 
to basically label you as whether you have hyperthyroidism, PCOS, or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, like it's very important that... Be your own advocate. Don't just let that happen. Look for a different doctor. Look for someone who specializes in functional medicine. Like keep pushing to figure out what's happening. I mean, Synthroid is really a conventional solution. Oftentimes it's given to women who have this thyroid problem and it may help you feel better and that's great. But it's overriding the underlying causes and you want to actually address it. Whether or not you're on Synthroid, you want to address what is suppressing your thyroid. Mm -hmm. So that being said, what the heck can we do? Well, first, get a full thyroid panel. Compare the optimal thyroid test ranges listed in the description. Mm -hmm. Work with a functional doctor. Look at the whole picture. Be an advocate for your help. And second, go (laughs) (laughs) gluten-free. So studies have found that people with celiac disease are three times more likely to have thyroid disease, which gets better and has shown to go has shown to completely go into remission when gluten is removed. This can even be the case even if you don't have celiac disease. Unbelievable. So, yeah. So to kind of explain the process for you, sisters, gluten contains a protein called gliadin that your body can easily mistake for a thyroid molecule in a process known as molecular mimicry. So if your gut is irritated and inflamed because of sensitivity to gluten or stress, the gliadin protein is able to enter right into your bloodstream. Then your immune system mistakenly identifies gliadin as an intruder and attacks it by producing antibodies to gliadin. Once these antibodies are formed, they can also attack your thyroid gland. So your body's response every time you eat gluten is to make antibodies to gliadin, uh, which is the antibodies that then attack your thyroid. So this compounds the effects of Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism. If you have thyroid antibodies and are eating gluten, you, you may be driving your body to basically attack your thyroid. Isn't that insane? It is, There's yeah. literally research studies showing yeah. how eating gluten can suppress your thyroid mm-hmm. because your body is attacking the gliadin protein mm-hmm. and then that's also attacking the thyroid molecule through something called molecular mi- mimicry yeah. where they look the same to yeah. your body. Yeah. So then that's your like autoimmune response. You know, your body starts attacking your thyroid, Hashimoto's yes. thyroiditis. It's very interesting when you think when we think about our bodies, like our bodies respond to certain things, you know, uh, to help, right? Yeah. But sometimes those things work against each other. Yeah. You know? Like with inflammation, you know, excessive inflammation is one of those examples. Exactly. So some inflammation is okay temporarily, and yeah. then chronic inflammation yeah. can really like affect everything. Yeah, and the body starts attacking itself instead of healing itself. Yeah. So, exactly. And uh, super interesting. I mean, of course, it's not everyone eating gluten, your thyroid, like every single person's thyroid isn't struggling. But if you have thyroid problems and any of these symptoms, going gluten free could help. Yeah, exactly. And the next one, the next tip is eating foods rich in thyroid, supporting, um, you know, vitamins and minerals such as zinc, uh, selenium. So selenium is in like one or two Brazil brazilian nuts have you had that before i have and they're delicious it's I like know. it's like those big uh like oval shaped nuts it. right yeah. yeah yeah they're really good salty and stuff mm-hmm. i didn't salt maybe <laughs> uh iron it's best in its 
What is this baby? Heme form heme from form. animals. What's that mean? So there's iron that you absorb from plants. That's non-heme iron. Oh. And then there's iron that you absorb from animal protein. That's heme iron. I see. So, and that's better for you? Or yeah. That f- In this instance, like it's best if you're iron deficient, you know, to absorb it from the animal protein. I see. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, magnesium, uh, vitamin A. For vitamin A, you can find it in things like liver, eggs, vitamin D. Of course, it's a big one. We always talk about vitamin D. It helps so much with the ovarian uh, function, mm-hmm. sleep, and things like that. But vitamin D helps prevent Hashimoto's found in fatty fish, You know, obviously sunlight. And then there's also direct vitamin D supplements you can take as well. Um, and then lastly, iodine. So kelp, fish, strawberries. Of course, there's yeah. you know supplements too. There's I had denied salt, but I'm, we will not recommend to just go and like eat salt. It takes salt, and you know, but yeah. But anyways, these are great ways to support your thyroid function. Of course, if you're eating gluten and you have a thyroid problem, and you literally eat gluten three times a day, you're constantly bombarding your thyroid. So you want to think about going gluten free. Yeah. Yes. All right. I hope this was life changing. <laughs> And or helpful at at the least. It could be life changing. I mean, yeah, honestly. I know. Okay, but sticking to the thyroid health for a second, uh, like always, we asked you sisters, um, on Instagram, pcos.weightloss, If you if you guys don't follow us there, <laughs> but we asked there, what are some natural ways you manage your thyroid health? So we got some responses. I'll read the first one. The first one is from Nora. She said, taking selenium, cutting out gluten and dairy. Well, awesome. It. We just talked about both of those. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Next one for you, babe. Little house in Fern Forest. Oh, I like that name. <laughs> Little house in Fern Forest. That's says funny. through diet and stress management. Amen. Love it. Love it. Love it. We talked about stress impacting the thyroid, impacting metabolism. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, Gemma Bennett. She says, I was just given th- thyroxin. I wasn't given another option and didn't know there was one, she says. I can't even tell you how many messages I saw from people saying, what do you mean treat my thyroid naturally? What do you mean manage my thyroid health? People have no idea that there's something that they can do other than taking Synthroid or Thyroxin or something to support your thyroid. Yeah, and that goes to our our next sister who, um, her name is KP Tavish, Tavish, I don't know. Okay. Sorry. 77. <laughs> KP Tavish 77. She says Synthroid and diet. Awesome. So, you know, Synthroid was yeah. a prescription, but diet is still a great approach. It's great to combine them. You know, like if you have to be on hormone medication, I mean on thyroid medication, sometimes, you know, you actually have to. Like no amount of diet change can help at that point if your thyroid has reached a certain level. Yeah. Um, but that being said, you should still not continue to drive your thyroid into the ground yeah. and change your diet and change your lifestyle yeah so. you focus on the, you focus on the diet the underlying root causes and eventually maybe you can yeah. get off of the, the symptoms maybe or, or, yeah, yeah that depends with you and your doctor when you when you speak to to, to her mm-hmm. or him and and work with them uh next one is angel hanra she says uh liter- literally medication is the only op- option i've been given so, well yeah. girl i hope you listen to this podcast yeah exactly <laughs> All right, so that's all we had about hypothyroidism and PCOS. We hope that was helpful. Oops, sorry, the camera went off. Just let me turn it back on for the last portion. We'll never forget the last portion, our favorite. Our favorite part. The wins of the week. As we always like to announce a winner 
or a couple winners, fellow sisters who are managing their PCOS, managing their symptoms, losing weight, and basically, you know, I always like to say this, showing PCOS who is the damn boss. <laughs> this is also from the sisterhood. Babe, hit it. All right. Uh, first one is Samantha Marie. She says, I lost four pounds and it hasn't even been a full week gluten and dairy free. I've been struggling to lose one uh, one pound for months. I feel amazing and energized. Normally, I wake up sluggish, achy, bloated, and tired. I'm so excited for this journey. That's amazing. Amazing. Great job, Samantha. I, I love feeling energized, feeling amazing, feeling uh, less sluggish, achy, yes. less bloated. Because like it's not the losing weight. Yeah. It's like all the helpful the reversing the, the symptoms that are so helpful that comes like along with you know that symptom Honestly, of waking and things like that when you start feeling better it's easier to stick to the gluten and dairy free lifestyle it's like so much easier to make those choices because it's so clear like how good you feel and you're like uh you know eat the gluten or feel bloated like yeah. which one do i choose yeah so um you go with the next one next katie marie funk she says Hello, new friends. I am finishing up stage one today. Woo-woo, progress. I have gone gluten and dairy-free, and it seems to be sticking. I have tried in the past and stopped because I love cheese. However, this time seems different. It is quite empowering to take my health into my own hands. I feel way less bloated already and have more energy. My ovacetol came in the other day. And can, uh, Canadian ladies, Amazon is restocking it on the 11th. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I am very excited to see how that affects me. I just also wanted to say that I love reading all the posts and finding them so encouraging to keep going on this journey. To have such a great community to seek help and encouragement from is truly a blessing. Aww, oh, I so just love amazing. this message. Love it, Katie. Love it, Welcome Katie. Welcome to the sisterhood. Positivity. Love the suggestion on the Avastatol everything thank you for that message katie all right sisters <sighs> another episode another one i don't feel like going right now i mean let's, let's keep just continue babbling. for another 30 minutes about <laughs> talking about um camping talking about thyroid that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no thank you everybody for listening i we, we were live again actually during this episode on clubhouse uh-huh so we're trying to see how this new app uh clubhouse is but basically it's an audio platform you can listen uh, only through audio so we just like every time we record an episode we just turn that thing on and if people listen they listen it's, mm-hmm. it also keeps us honest like we're like like it basically we have to keep talking we can't just like stop we if one of us yeah. stutters or something like that we just have to keep it pushing keep it pushing go with the flow thank you so much for joining us sisters. exactly thank you sisters now go get a full thyroid panel <laughs> <laughs> take care everyone we'll see you next week bye bye If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.